Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. It's not a desert barrage. It's Lord Stanley, and he is coming to Washington. Welcome back to Japers Week Radio. I'm your host, Greg Young. And uh, today we are joined uh, by John Press and Adam Stringham. Uh, I guess joined by Adam Stringham is a bit of a misnomer because he's also a co-host of Japers Rink Radio. Um, so, uh, but John, you're, uh, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a month or two, I think, since you've been on. So how have you been? I've been good. Uh, you know, nothing too, too exciting, but uh, happy to be back on with you guys. It, it, it may be the first time that you and I have talked. I'm usually uh, chatting with Adam, but uh, happy to be back regardless. Yeah, I know. Uh, John, I know that we've uh, we've kind of talked a little bit on Twitter and everything like that, that, uh, you know, since I've taken a bigger role, you know, it's been uh, I've been I've been excited to have you on, you know, as the uh, as the masthead and the. Uh, the founder of Japer's Rank, you know, so uh, hopefully I've been uh, doing okay in your uh, in your honor and uh, excited to have you on here. And uh, Adam, how have you been? Oh, I'm doing well, you know, things things are, are, are busy, but uh, busy is good. And, um, you know, the Capitals might have had that week off. Uh, I would have loved to have it too, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad hockey's back and I'm glad we're back. Yeah, so... Um... I, like I mean, honestly, this is, we're in kind of another weird break because the Capitals what played on Tuesday and uh, they don't play again. I think until Saturday. So you know, it's uh, figured we drop a podcast here, kind of in the middle of the week. So um, I don't know. I kind of just you know we're in a weird part in the year where I feel like we're kind of at the mushy, weird you know middle part where you know it doesn't seem like the Capitals are terribly interested in some of these games. But uh, I don't know, John. Kind of what have you been? What have been your thoughts overall about how the Caps have played the last uh, week or two? Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. These are your uh, dog days of the season, as they say. You know, in that games fifty to sixty range or whatever, where uh, you kind of know what you're, where you are, and what you are, and you're looking forward to the trade trade deadline, and you know, making a run to try to hold on to the division in the Caps case and see what comes after it, but. Uh, it, it definitely has been uh, a period of some of the less inspired hockey I've seen them play, save for, you know, the third period against the Islanders or the last seven minutes of the Kings game or, or whatever it is. Uh, so, you know, I think these lulls are natural. Uh, we've been seeing them for a long time. And, you know, with the Caps, uh, something we've been talking about for years and years and years and years is that uh, you can win a lot of regular season games just simply with the talent advantage. And I think that the Caps have been able to do that uh, when they match up with a team that's willing to outwork them, though. Uh, sometimes they, they can struggle a little bit. And I think you saw that for a bit of the game against the uh, Kings, against the Islanders and some of these other games lately. So uh, it's a long way of saying I'm not thrilled with the way they're playing, but I'm not overly concerned by it either uh with with some exceptions that i think we can uh, dig into a little bit more but uh you know i wonder if adam maybe you have a different impression of what's been going on lately no i mean sleepy is definitely a great word to kind of describe how the capitals been playing um you know the, the king's game was just kind of i mean really really not only was it a uh, kind of a 
poor showing from the Capitals for the, especially the first 40 minutes, but it, it, it was just a poor entertainment project as well. <laughs> I mean, the, the product on the ice was just not up to snuff. Um, but you know, Ovechkin made up for it with, with his natural hat trick. And, and that was amazing and, and special to watch. And, um, you know, they kind of did a similar thing in the Pittsburgh game where, where they were lackluster for the first 40 in, in my eyes. And then I thought they were great in the final 20 minutes. Uh, it was just a kind of a case of too little, too late. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, we're going to see more of that down the stretch here for the Capitals. They've got a pretty, you know, safe playoff berth, right? I mean, I think like 99% chance. So even if they're not able to hold on to the division, um, they're in great shape. So it's it's hard to get too nitpicky here, but uh, haven't loved the effort recently. Gre- Greg, uh, you, are you going to be the contrarian say you've loved what you've seen so far? Uh, oh, yeah. No, the uh, the first 55 minutes of that Kings game were the, uh, the pinnacle of hockey. Right. Obviously, that's, uh, you know, I, I think it's I think it's tricky because, you know, I mean, we talk about this is a veteran team in a lot of ways now. And I think that when you're a veteran team, uh, you know, I think they have a good idea of when they need to ramp up the effort level. And uh, frankly, you know, in early February, the effort level, you know, isn't going to be quite as high as, you know, I think that they would like. But at the same time, you know, as John, you kind of said, I'm not super worried about it, but. One thing I am worried about is, uh, I think it's a pretty good transition, is uh, the Capitals' power play. And it's gotten a lot of press uh, lately. Uh, I know that Kevin wrote something for our site, you know, basically a bit of a don't panic, but, you know, they don't look great right now. And uh, I don't know, uh, John, kind of what have been your thoughts about the problems with the power play? And I guess the bigger question is, do we think that this is a systemic problem or do we think that this is something that's going to kind of revert back with a couple of minor changes um you know uh, it, the the power play has flat out sucked for a couple months now uh in terms of results for sure uh you know the percentage they're converting has been terrible i mean carol Ke- kevin uh, outlined all of it uh and then you throw in the shorties that they've allowed and they're they're like a plus nine or something on the power play since the beginning of december and that's uh just horrific uh luckily you know they've they've had um a great penalty kill over that stretch and uh they've been uh comfortably a top 10 uh team at five on five over that stretch as well uh so it you know it hasn't really cost them as much but uh yeah i've got concerns you know uh, you, you talk about whether it's systemic or or not i mean it's Clearly not a personnel issue because they have more than enough talent to ice a terrific first power play unit and a very competent second power play unit. And it's just not getting it done to, to my eye test. The, uh, their zone entries, uh, are horrible. Uh, the whole scheme, (laughs) their, their whole scheme of, yeah, their whole scheme of gaining the zone has just been, uh, miserable. And, I think you've seen it reflected in uh, shot rates. And, you know, if if the conversion rate was terrible and the shot rate was where it's always been, uh, I wouldn't be concerned. But there's been a dip in the, the shot rate. And that, to me, says they're having a hard time getting it in and getting it set up uh, for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, I think that they're, they would be due uh, a positive regression in some ways, um, whether they change something or not. But... Um, Man, it it just doesn't look good. Uh, it doesn't look like they're comfortable out there. It doesn't look like 
they're really feeling it in any way, shape, or form. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm concerned because uh, if they had the the tweaks up their sleeves, uh, you know, you'd think you'd have seen them, and maybe those tweaks were throwing Alex Ovechkin on the right side, which doesn't do anything for me. And uh, you know. Play, maybe mixing up the personnel a little bit, but you know, at the uh, the the bottom line to me is uh, gaining the zone under control and setting up uh, your power play, and they just haven't been able to do it for a while now, and it's yeah. uh, definitely concerning. Yeah, I mean, Adam, I know that we and, and John kind of alluded to this. I know that we've talked in the past about maybe switching up some personnel for the Capitals' power play. Is there any kind of personnel switch you would think might be merited or are you in the boat that maybe they need to start do- pulling out some new tricks not just personnel wise but kind of in the plays they're drawn up on the power play i think it's kind of hard to design new plays in season on the power play um but i, I would love to see jacob brown get more time on power play one uh, or maybe even tom wilson in the tj Oshi spot as well maybe hey they- that's that's been something i've i've been for awesome yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think those are the two changes I'd probably be most interested in seeing right now. Um, don't have a ton of appetite for, um, you know, any any weird stuff between Carlson and Ovechkin, uh, kind of like what John said. I mean, I, I just don't really understand. I mean, it felt like the Ovechkin on the, in the left kind of point position was basically the only thing that's still been working for the power play at all. Yeah. Um, puck retrieval's been bad, and... Honestly, Kuznetsov to me has looked like the weakest link, um, kind of overall. He, he and Oshie have both, in my mind, been pretty unimpressive. I thought Baxter had a bad game against the Penguins on Sunday, but generally speaking, um, just just not loving what I'm seeing from Kuznetsov. He still has his moments of brilliance, um, but on the power play specifically, he's he's really struggled for me. I don't I don't know, John. Do you have a different take on Kuznetsov or what? Are no, thoughts? I mean he he. You know, when you talk about zone entries. There, there's a guy who should be able to uh, do that, you know, the way that uh, he has in the past, the way that a guy like Marcus Johansson used to do in the past. Um, but, you know, I think he's a little reluctant to take what the other team's giving him and a little uh, set on what he wants to do, uh, whether it's there or not uh, sometimes. Um, but, you know, I think I hesitate to say that teams have really figured out the Caps power play but, uh, you know, when they're stacking the line and the Caps are still trying to carry it in and and or just kind of throwing it into the corner without a real plan, uh, it's it's problematic. So, I mean, on Kuzi, sure, you know, you could bump him down to the second unit and uh, play Verana kind of on the wing there and get a little more shooting than you might get with a Nick Backstrom but uh, all of that is like things that you you might address once you're set up. But they're I mean they're not even hardly they're not even there yet. Getting yeah. yeah I mean to me to me the neutral zone is where they need to fix their power play uh, more than in zone probably. Um, but you know uh, I, I don't have the answer to to it. But they don't pay me to do that so. Yeah. I know that kind of just thinking out loud here a little bit, I'm wondering, and I've kind of hit on this in the past, that 
the, at this point, you know, in a lot of the Capitals players' careers, particularly the players in the PP1, they're not really, like, the fastest players in the history of the world. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe they need to double down on speed in terms of because uh, you look at, you know, when they've promoted Vrana, it's usually been at the expense of Kuznetsov. And I'm almost wondering, you know, is that maybe not, is that replacing one, you know, way to enter the zone with another? And, you know, it's not like Ovechkin or Oshi or Carlson are going to be particularly great at entering the zone with speed. So I'm kind of wondering, you know, if uh, maybe if, if a Wilson would help, you know, or if there's a way they could kind of fit both, you know, Kuznetsov and Vrana on the power play one. I, I, you know, I mean, that might be something that they look at, at least. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, if you have Kuznetsov and Vrana there, you're putting, you're bumping Nick Backstrom down to second power play. And uh, that feels know, weird. Geez, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, and, you know, to me, Wilson and Oshie is kind of a pretty similar role, similar style because obviously they'd be in the same spot in the diamond, but they're both, uh, you know, puck hounds, just real great retrieval, uh, puck retrieval guys once you're set up in zone, but that I don't think either one of them is going to help you a ton, uh, when the, in, uh, gaining the zone, unless it's on a design dump in and the, the play is for them to go fetch it. But right now it seems like they're on their dump ins the other four, the guy that's dumping it in, the other four guys don't have any clue that he's dumping it in. And it's, you know, more often than not an easy clear. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's valid. So, all right. I'm, I'm tired of talking about the Capitals power play, you know, whether they fix it or not, there is one thing with the Capitals that does not need fixing. And, uh, I can't believe we're going to talk, you know, mention this name for the first time, 13 minutes into the podcast. But, uh, I mean, Alex Ovechkin now has three hat tricks in six games. At 34 years old. This is, uh, you know, I feel like the old, uh, you know, kind of liberal trope has been, uh, this is not normal. Uh, this is not normal for a 34-year-old player to do this. So, I don't know, uh, Adam, how just unprecedented is what Alex Ovechkin is doing right now? And just how much joy are you kind of getting from watching him on a night-in, night-out basis? Well, I mean, there there is something pretty special about watching Ovechkin. I mean, every time we talk about him, it's always about kind of how we undervalue how, how he really is kind of, um, I don't know, a once in a lifetime type talent. I mean, we're probably not going to see a guy like him again ever. Um, and it's, it's hard not to take it for granted. And, uh, this, this is just yet another example of that. I mean, it's, it's his best goal scoring stretch of his entire career. And, and that included kind of his amazing 65 goal campaign of 0708. So he is, um, he, he just continues to kind of defy expectations. Um, you know, looking back at his career numbers and, and remembering those two years where he was, you know, below 40 goals. Um, and, and now looking at how he was able to kind of get back up and he's, you know, at that threshold already with so much of the season left. Uh, and he's a guy that uh, not, not even just, you know, the, the Canadian media or, you know, the, the hardcore media had a problem with, I mean, even, even here, there were people that kind of wondered if his goal scoring was ever going to come back. And, uh, you know, not only has it come back, but he's, he's now producing at a level that, you know, it, I don't necessarily think it's sustainable, but if he's able to, if he's able to get close to, you know, 56 goals or 60 goals, I mean, that would just be 
just, just just such an amazing feat at, at his age. He's uh, he's a joy to watch, and it, it, it's a pleasure to kind of be able to really have enjoyed his whole career so far in Washington, and I hope it stays that way. Uh, John, John, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, <laughs> what can, what can you say? We've been talking about this guy uh, literally for uh, about fifteen years, um, and you constantly are amazed. Um, I personally, I don't think that, uh, I take him for granted. I think there may have been a time, uh, when I did, uh, not appreciate and live in every single moment of, uh, his, what's just unparalleled greatness. Um, when he had those down years and then he came back and it really has been, um, just incredible to watch. I think that what he does is taken for granted. You know, I was talking, uh, pointing out on Twitter uh, recently that um, he's uh, now leading the league in goals uh, for a division winner. And uh, four, I think 14 times in the history of the NHL, uh, a guy has led the league in goals while playing for a division winner. Nine of those times, the guy won the Hart Trophy. Uh, the last three times that the guy of those five where it didn't happen, it's been Ovechkin the last three years. And uh, I think that uh, I'm, I'm not saying that he should be the Hart Trophy front runner right now uh, or even probably a finalist. But, uh, man, uh, to not even be in the conversation it, the past couple of years, you know, is he. He has hasn't finished top five in voting the last few uh, years, and uh, I think you you kind of take it for granted. Yeah, he's been on a good team, but uh, what he's been doing for the team uh, and his leadership up and down. You know, one one story that stuck out to me recently about him, and you know, it, it takes away it, it's it's separate from the goal scoring stuff is that uh, when he handed out the batting helmet after that Islanders game. Uh, oh, yeah, to Holpe. Where, where, yeah, exactly. Uh, Braden Holpe got yanked in that game. Uh, they have a massive comeback, uh, incredible third-period comeback win, and Ovechkin gives what amounts to the player of the game uh, to Holpe. And that that is just a moment, you know? That is a leadership, straight-up <laughs> you know, leadership moment, uh, to think that, to do that, um, this dude, and then he just, you know, takes over that Kings game. This dude, uh, is just incredible. And, uh, you know, the, the rest of his career, uh, is going to be incredible and something to watch because for at least the foreseeable future, uh, he is in pursuit of Gretzky for, uh, one of the two most glamorous records in the sport, right? I mean, I think uh, all-time goal scorer, all-time points are, are the two sort of uh, glamour uh, yeah. records that the sport has. And uh, Alex Ovechkin is in hot pursuit of one of them, and everyone's talking about it. Whether he gets there or not, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, it's going to be the topic of discussion whenever he is out there. Uh, and... You know, that is unique. That is, you know, you can say what you want about other players in the league who are might be better all around players, more points in their career than him, might end up uh, with other accomplishments that are greater than what he's done. Uh, 
but not a single one of them is going to challenge one of those two glamour records uh, the way that he is. So, you know, uh, when you look back on his career, um, he is basically going to be the greatest or the second greatest goal scorer to have ever played the game. Um and, and in the dead is, puck era, no less. Yeah, in in a rough era uh, to to score, and um, you know, you you can liken it maybe to like a Hank Aaron or something like that. And Hank Aaron obviously wasn't the the best baseball player to uh, play in his era or all time or anything. But people remember uh, his numbers, you know, seven fifty five and everything. And uh, you're going to remember. Ovi's goal total. Uh, you remember Gretzky's goal total, and uh, it just you you just can't say enough about uh, what he has done and what he continues to do, and obviously what he means to this franchise. Yeah, I mean it's been incredible, and I think one of the kind of cool things lately has been ever since he won the cup, I feel like that pressure of oh no, is this all time great going to win a cup or anything like that? I think. That's been lifted, and I think now what we can do is just purely enjoy Alex Ovechkin. You know, just listen to, you know, really listen to the commentary and just really enjoy what he's doing because it's just, you know, something like that is just unprecedented. I mean, look at these numbers that he's breaking, and, I mean, just look at some old Gretzky highlights, right? Like, he would be routinely, and I I talked about this a little bit with uh, Sean McAdoo last podcast, uh, I mean, you would just see Ovechkin, or you would see Gretzky enter the zone, and there'd be no one near him, and you know, not right. until like the blue line. And I mean, these days for the tight checking that exists, you know, with every goalie being like impossible to be, you know, the fact that Ovechkin can one generate the kind of shot volume that he does, which let's not underappreciate the fact that at 34 he's again leading the league in shots on goal, right. which is incredible. Um, that's his skill. Yeah, I mean, that's it, his superpower: shot generation. He doesn't have the best shot. No, he doesn't have yeah. the most accurate or the hardest shot, although I'm not standing in front of it, <laughs> but, uh, but he, his, his magic power is shot generation and, yes. uh, people are quick to poo poo it, but, uh, they shouldn't because it's not nothing. If, if anybody could, uh, crank out five shots a game and lead the league in goals, they'd be doing it. Yep. So, you know, yeah. And and, I mean, that's uh, to your to your point, you know, everybody's obviously hype about getting him hitting number 700. uh, And, you know, for obviously (laughs) for obvious reasons. um, And it's incredible. And these big round milestones are uh, a great way to take stock of where you are and what you've done and all, all that kind of like a, a birthday, you know, it's, yep. it's sort of arbitrary, it, it, but uh, to me, what hits me more is uh, the names that he's passing. Oh, and, yeah. you know, a 700 to me lacks context. It's okay. There, there as many dudes that have scored 700 goals as there are dudes who've scored 698 goals. But like when the fact that he's uh, eighth right now, and that he's passing names like Messier and Lemieux and Iserman, these just like stone cold legends that you watched growing up. And Obi still got, you know, a quarter tank of gas left, if not more. Uh, that's what really hits it home to me uh, with me is every time he's passing one of these just legendary names. Uh, it, it's 
man. Uh, and you know, to your, to your point about just enjoying it, you know, we can just enjoy it, I think, because he can just enjoy it ever yeah. since the cup. And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, his, um, his story, his trajectory, uh, has been mirrored by caps fans and vice versa, uh, in that, you know, it was all, uh, all happy and all fun it, it for years at the beginning. And then, uh, just, he just got beat down and the fun left his game and he, it, it, it was gone for a while. Yeah. Uh, then it came back and, you know, he won the cup. And ever since then, uh, obviously, I mean, you can see the, the weight off his shoulders almost literally. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's all gravy now, you know, yeah. it's, it's all gravy. Yeah. Let's just have fun with it. Um, all right. Well, speaking of, um, I, this has been a very, very fun 10 minutes. So thank you. Uh, thank you guys for indulging me in that. Uh, so, uh, another player that is, you know, maybe at the absolute peak of his powers is John Carlson. And, uh, I don't know, Adam, I know that lately, you know, there's been talk about is Roman Yossi going to catch him, you know, is, is there, you know, may, do you think John Carlson's going to lock down the Norris, uh, or what does he kind of need to do to make sure that he's in that kind of position? So, I mean, we, we've seen in the past that, uh, NHL voters are, are, are kind of, uh, I don't know if fickle's the right word, but they're, they're more of like kind of, what have you done for me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're all about what have you done for me lately? Right. And, uh, Carlson's still been great, but he started this season on that absolute tear, right? I mean, it was all in the news. You know, NHL Network's talking about it every night. Um, you know, the guys who do the voting are, are watching people talk about it every night, uh, or they're talking about themselves every night. And, um, you know, he, it's just Carlson's kind of fallen off the radar a little bit. Uh, maybe I mean, he's still having an amazing year, and he's still doing amazing things right now. But I believe that was... Uh, when he scored um, in, in, I'm trying to, man, I'm blanking game. on Yeah, that was it. his last goal. Yeah, right, I think game, it, yeah. his first goal of the year, right? Yeah. Of, of 2020. So, you know, he, he hadn't been scoring at the same rate, and obviously the Cavs haven't been playing as much. But um, I actually think Carlson's going to have to have another run to win the award. And it's not that his season's going to have been worthy of it. It will certainly have been worthy um, but I just, you know, it's not always the best candidate that wins. And uh, I think we might kind of see that again this year. If, if Carlson doesn't have another run here, uh, John, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I still think it's very, very much his to lose. He, he has, uh, almost like a 25% lead in points on Yossi. Uh, I know that everybody poo poos plus minus, but he's a plus 21, uh, you know, voters, uh, may not be as down on that stat as uh, the as they hockey be. as the hockey Illuminati are. Um, but uh, here, I, I think it's very much his to lose. Um, and you know, circling back to the earlier point of discussion, if he loses it, it's because the uh, power play went and crapped itself. And to be fair, he's a part of that unit that's crapped yeah. itself. Um, but. You know, the pace at, at which those points uh, have been coming to kind of bolster what he's doing uh, may have slowed. I haven't looked at it closely, but I I guess that it probably has slowed with the power play itself. Um, uh, but I understand the Yossi push and I understand the uh, 
uh, analytic view of, of this thing. And, uh, it, it, you know, it, I, I think that it's still very much Carlson's to lose. Obviously, another push would help him. But, you know, ironically, uh, Mike Green probably is a dude uh, who d- definitely should have won one, if not two, oh, Norris's yeah. uh, a decade ago, um, who was just a little bit ahead of his time in terms of um, the the voters understanding exactly what um, uh, makes for a, a good de- yeah. a great defenseman. Right. I mean, it, for some reason, they didn't seem to understand in 2009 that uh, when you have the puck all the time, that is good defense. Uh, <laughs> but they, they, they started to understand it with Eric Carlson. Uh, so good, good for Carlson. Uh, but I think uh, John Carlson ends up getting the Norris that uh, Mike Green probably should should have deserved uh, a decade ago. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, well, uh, we're 28 minutes in, so we're going to take a quick break right here. And then on the other side, uh, I'm going to ask John and Adam a little bit more about the trade deadline and uh, the Caps going forward, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Japers Rink Radio. Still here with John and Adam. And uh, so, Adam... We have the trade deadline that is fast approaching. Um, what do you think the Capitals need in terms of a piece or two before the deadline? Uh, it's tough with the Capitals because I really don't think they have a lot that they need. I think they would be, you know, obviously every team is always well served to bolster the depth. Um, but, you know, the Capitals don't have a lot of cap space to work with here either. Um, so, I'd probably prefer to see the Capitals kind of do nothing, I guess. I mean, maybe we want to, like, I want to see someone to take Jensen's minutes. I'm not not loving necessarily what we've seen from him. But, um, again, it's hard to look at the Caps roster and say that personnel's been kind of the flaw in anything. Uh, One thing's for sure, I'm sure Brian McClellan will do a good job one way or the other. Uh, He's just, he's done spectacular job since he became the Caps GM. I don't know. John, you probably have maybe a bit different thoughts on this one. Uh, not really. Uh, you know, I think if they were to look for a forward, uh, maybe you find a depth uh, scoring winger uh, for insurance or maybe trade off a little time with Richard Panic. Um, but, you know, I, I think they're comfortable with their top six. I think they're certainly comfortable with that fourth line. And uh, Haglin and Eller have important roles, too. So uh, there's really not uh, much to do other than add maybe a little depth uh, in that, you know, third line-ish area. Um, But I I have concerns about the blue line. Um, I have concerns about Nick Jensen. You know, I'm not... Uh, a big Jensen guy. I'm not a, a huge uh, Radko Gudis guy. Um, and uh, if we're being honest, Michael Kempney's had a little bit of a rockier return from that uh, big injury that he had than uh, we were hoping for. Um, so there are, to me, there are questions on each of those pairings. Um, you know, I, I don't know that I'd go out uh, aggressively trying to uh, address those with big names because, uh, you know, I don't think the Caps have the, the flexibility to do something like that. Um, but, uh, I, 
you know, it's been max MO to go find a defenseman at the trade deadline. And some of them have worked like uh company has, and some of them have been, you know, uh, Mike, yeah, Mike, Mike Weber's or oh, Nick Jensen. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think they thought that, uh, in Jensen, I thought, I think that they thought they were getting a guy who could, uh, slot into like a Niskanen spot in the top four. And, uh, if we're being honest, I'm not sure that he has, uh, successfully transitioned. Uh, and he should, you know, he, he can skate, he can make a pass. Um, he has almost a, a statistically bonkers inability to score, score goals yeah. <laughs> uh despite taking shots um at like an above so, average rate too for a defenseman yeah yeah i mean <laughs> he, he's at about a shot a game and uh over the past two years i think there's been one game that he scored and he scored two goals like if you yeah. look at his goal scoring over his career it is uh outside of that first year in detroit i think <laughs> Uh, he hasn't done shit. Uh, and you know, who no. cares? Uh, you know, Brooks Orpik didn't score a lot either, but, uh, did score one very important goal though. <laughs> he scored, he scored a huge goal, uh, a couple huge goals. Yeah. He had a, an overtime goal against, uh, Carolina oh, last yeah, year, I, I think. Right. So, I forgot about that one. <laughs> uh, something, something Alex Ovechkin's never done scored a playoff true. overtime goal. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> bully on Brooks Orpik there, there but, go. um, this is the Brooks Orpics uh, podcast brought yeah, to you by Jay Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know it. A little yeah. love for uh, for Orpic. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Maybe if they find a top four righty, uh, they do something. Although I, I would worry about who would come out of the lineup. And I have a sneaking suspicion it could be Siegenthaler, who yeah. uh, is probably the fourth third or fourth best defenseman on the team right now. So uh, hopefully that wouldn't happen. But um, yeah, long story short, um, I'd like to see them upgrade the blue line without, uh, you know, giving up too, too much to do it and without upsetting chemistry too much. I think also, you know, um, you can send a message to the team when you're, when you add a guy that, you know, they're doing their job. You, you now you're going to do your job as the manager, uh, to help them out a little bit more. And, um, you know, I guess there is some risk to chemistry, but, um, you know, there's, I don't think that that, uh, risk is, is something that would scare me off from going for, for some of the names who we'll probably discuss as we get closer to the deadline. Maybe you have Luke on again or something like that. And you guys, uh, chat him up or something, but, yeah. uh, or, uh, any number of other people. Uh, but you know, that, that's, that's generally, um, that's generally where I'm at right now. Obviously, uh, comfortable with the goaltending, um, uh, not comfortable with one of the goaltenders play, but uh, certainly not something I think they need to address. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's kind of go. That's one of the big storylines, I think, kind of going forward to the rest of the year. And Adam, I know we've talked about the goaltending ad nauseum, um, but I think it's worth kind of reiterating it again. You know, I think that Sam Sonov at this point, I think, is probably just the better goalie. So where are you on kind of how the situation is going to play out the rest of the year? Uh, you know, and do you kind of have a thought at this point? You know, say the playoffs start tomorrow. Who's your starting goalie? Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> nice, nice, easy question I mean, for you. Well, I mean, I feel like we've kind of we've gone over it before. I mean, it, it just it feels so similar to kind of what we saw on the Capitals um, on the way to the Cup run, right? When we saw Grubauer kind of take the reins. And it feels that way with Sam Sonov now. Uh, um, 
where he, he's just he's, he's he's really kind of the guy driving driving the ship. He he is been fantastic. He was a, he was a little soft against Pittsburgh. Didn't have his best game, uh, but but kind of altogether, he's just been fantastic. He's been the guy that the Capitals thought they were getting when they drafted him in the first round. Um, I think I'd have to go with him to to start the first round. I don't know. What about you, JP? Yeah, I mean, this is a no-brainer. I, I can't believe it took you that long to to come to that. I mean, Samsonov has been uh, for since Thanksgiving or so one of the best goalies in the NHL, and Braden Holtby has been one of the worst. Uh, it would take a significant show of um, the ship being righted from Holtby for me to consider uh, him uh, if the playoffs were to start uh, anytime soon. Uh, right now, I just don't – I don't think you could do it. I mean, he was he was good against L.A., uh, and he's had uh, a couple good games recently, but he's also had some stinkers, and his record recently hasn't been – uh, where it needs to be. I mean, he's, I think half his starts, he's been under 90% save percentage, something around there. Maybe it's 40% of his uh, starts or whatever it is, but uh, a way too high number of those starts, way too high number. I mean, yeah. way by far the highest in his career. And, uh, you know, I, I know that the, the guys love him and have all the faith in the world in him. Uh, but you would have to go to Samsonov right now. And, uh, you know, I think the only question is how long would would his leash be? Uh, I don't think it's a question of who starts first. I think it's it would be a question of uh, how uh, how how long do you let Samsonov go? And it's probably about the same amount that you let Grubauer go two games. And if he stinks, you have uh, a guy who has uh, gotten hot at exactly the right time. Um to come off the bench and uh, hopefully bail you out. And I mean, for what it's worth, I think Holtby probably does have another uh, good, uh, very good uh, stretch or two left in him before he is out of Washington, as we presume he will be after the season. Uh, but uh, he would have to show me that he's, he's back on track before I gave him uh, game one of the playoffs for sure. Um, I think I'm, I think I'm kind of in the similar boat. I mean, he's just it, it, at a certain point, right? You know, this isn't this just is what it is with Holpe, right? Is that and it, it hasn't even been just the stats to me too. It's some of these goals are just he's not in the right position. You know, I remember some of the goals. I think against um, Nashville, for instance, just you're right. like, where is he right now? Like, you know, it was. Uh, the angles are off. He's not getting out in front as much as he used to. You know, I'm wondering, Hope he was always kind of dependent on his aggressiveness and his speed. You know, we don't we don't think of speed as a typical attribute for a goalie, but I think just how quickly he could get out to a spot to deny an angle. And I'm kind of wondering, just does he have that kind of ability to get out there and cut down the angles and make those athletic saves that he used to? And I, I don't know what the answer is to that. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be something that, you know, we kind of figure, you know, we'll see what he has left. Uh, I I think I'm with you. I think he maybe has a couple of stretches or two, you know, in the sense of any goalie ever can have a stretch or two, but right. we'll see. Um, well, I don't know. I think it, yeah. I think it, I, I think it also, uh, you know, I, I'm not in this guy's head. I'm not in the room or anything, but he just looks like he's lacking the confidence to, yeah. uh, at, at times and he looks a little uncomfortable and, 
this all just absolutely fucking sucks because you know this is the guy right yeah. uh and he's been the guy he he won them the cup he made that save on alex tuck and to see him like uh what looks like age related kind of falling apart uh it just sucks yeah. it, it's just hard to watch i am by no means uh enjoying this, uh, in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, maybe it makes some of their off season decisions a little bit easier, but geez, uh, it's rough. It's rough to watch. Yeah. And to say nothing about the fact that, you know, both in the community, you know, with LGBT stuff with, uh, you know, he's one of the more outspoken players, you know, politically with, you know, uh, views that I think, you know, maybe, are not a- atypical of the professional athlete will be the delicate way I dance around this, uh, this statement. But, uh, you know, and I think it's, I think it's, he's a, a voice that I think would, it'll be unfortunate to lose, you know, if, and when they part ways at the end of the year. Um, I don't know, uh, Adam, is there any other kind of things you're looking for in the last, you know, month or, or last really two, I guess we get two months really before the playoffs start. Anything else you're kind of looking for in terms of questions you have that the Capitals can answer before the playoffs start? Uh, well, I'm curious to see if they can fix the power play, really. But we already talked about that one. I mean, th- th- that's the biggest thing, right? It's getting that special teams figured out. Um, yeah. You know, at, le- at least stop giving up shorthanded goals. Um, but Stop having the, negative power plays. Yeah, exactly. Uh, power plays almost felt like a liability recently. But, um, nope, that, that, I mean, that's the biggest one for me. I'd love to see some more sustained depth scoring from the third and fourth lines. Uh, I think the fourth line's cooled down a little bit here. I'd love to see them get hot again heading into the playoffs. Um, but but that's about it. Um, yeah. I, I do I do have one random thought here, and then we're going to end this podcast on a philosophical debate. So uh, get, get ready. Um, but the one thing I will say is – I'm curious to see if we see more of um, the the Orlov and Carlson playing together at certain points during the games. Um, I think you've started to see that, and the 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 kind of background here is that whenever those two play together, they've the Capitals consistently rock like. 60 plus percent shot share and goal share i mean those are i think probably i i think you guys almost certainly would agree with this those are the best two capitals defenders right now and i you know i think that if you look at you know the playoffs you know when they get there i wonder you know whether there's a role for those two and if we could kind of see those two play more as the regular season plays out so that's going to be something that i think might be worth watching um, well i think i think to that end i think you uh first of all uh i i would be curious to know what percentage of the time that they're together is when the caps are trailing and desperate for goal the score effects taking over i, I suspect that that is some score effect aided uh, success that they've had. But I mean, they are uh, certainly, I think um, uh, the, the caps two best big minute uh, defenders right now. And, you know, I, I don't think you could see them together consistently without bolstering the rest of the blue line, because if you put those two guys together, uh, yikes with the, 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 the bottom four is kind of, uh, a little rough. Um, and you, you didn't ask me, but I'm the thing Go I'm for looking it. for the rest of the way, uh, <laughs> to, uh, to get my shot in is, Go for um, it. Get, get it in. I I'd like to see them 
uh, sort out the top six a little better, maybe, and find two lines that can be um, consistently um, outplaying or playing even at, at least with uh, opponents' uh, big top sixes. Uh, and and a lot of that falls on uh, Kuznetsov. So I, I would like to see more good, consistently good play out of Kuznetsov. I know he's never going to be a 55% uh, Corsi guy, but uh, he needs to... He needs to get get right, and they need to find which uh, two line combinations optimize that top six. That that's something that I would probably be tinkering with uh, a bit down the stretch if I was Todd Reardon. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Um, all right, so we're we're forty five minutes in here, and uh, I'm going to ask uh, a question that we talked about a bit over break, um, and uh, we're we're going to go debate style here with this. So. Adam, um, the question on the floor that I am posing is, would you rather the Washington Capitals win another Stanley Cup or uh, see Alex Ovechkin break Gretzky's goal-scoring record? So uh, I think we, we've decided that we're going to declare you as the, uh, uh, you'd rather see Ovechkin pass Gretzky, right? I think that's what we agreed on. So uh, the floor is yours. Make make the debate as as needed. Look, I People talk about how the Penguins almost had to relocate when before Sidney Crosby, you know, came to the team and before Mario came in there. Well, who knows if the Capitals were going to be in a similar boat without Alex Ovechkin? I mean, he's been the face of the franchise since he got here. We 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 waxed him waned for ten minutes about kind of what he's meant to the to the organization and how great of a player he is. And um, I, I think it would be special for the most important player in the history of the Washington Capitals. To, to have one of, as JP put it, one of those two sexy records, right? To kind of have that, um, the old, all-time goal-scoring leader have scored all those goals in a Washington Capitals uniform. I think that just, that, that, that means even more than that second Stanley Cup uh, to me personally. I mean, when I think Washington Capitals, I think Alex Ovechkin, uh, I mean, to the point where they're kind of like one and the same, right? I mean, it, it's, it, I mean, one day it will happen. You know, the Capitals are going to all, all lace up and Alex Ovechkin won't be there anymore. But uh, in, until then, um, he, he will be the guy. He will be the franchise. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he even will be uh, in the organization in some sort of way after he's gone. So uh, I, I think it, it just it mean it would mean so much to have him be the undisputed goal-scoring king, uh, the, the greatest of all time. Even though we know once Justin for era, he already is, but it, it, it would be, it would just be something special. So uh, I, I would love for Ovechkin to have that record, and, and it, it would mean even more than a second cup. All right, John, uh, the the floor is yours. Uh, argue why winning a second Stanley Cup would be the uh, the bigger deal for you. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a team sport. Um, the the flags fly forever. Um, if you know we're going to be Caps fans long after Alex Ovechkin's gone, we were Caps fans long before Alex Ovechkin got here. Um, and winning another cup, uh, you know, would be a, a perfect culmination. Now we're we're assuming that this is during Ovechkin's yes, yeah, that, that could be part here, of the right? debate. That's yeah, that's right? totally fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know the. That run, that uh, two-month run in 2018, 
just remember how that <laughs> felt. Uh, remember how it felt when uh, Kuznetsov put away the Penguins. Uh, or, you know, start back further. Remember what, how it felt when Eller had that puck go in off his leg to, uh, you know, save them from going down 3 nothing to Columbus. Yeah. Remember, uh, and then they ran off uh, the, the next three games. Remember Kuznetsov putting away the, the Penguins. Remember Braden Holpe's back-to-back shutouts in game six and seven against the highest-scoring team in the NHL with Tampa. You know, remember the save. Remember uh, DSP's goal in Game Five. Remember Eller's goal in Game Five. Remember the celebrations that this town and this team had after uh, winning it and sharing it all of that together. Uh, it's it's not as as great as Ovechkin is. Uh, it, it is not an individual uh, sport. It, it's a team sport, and uh, those those championships. Are, uh, are are just incredibly special times for cities, for fan bases and, and teams. And, uh, you know, for as great as it would be to see Alex Ovechkin uh, pass Gretzky, uh, you know, give me a, another cup. Okay. All right. Um, now, uh, JP, uh, we, we had you play the opposing side. Uh in, in in actuality, where are you on this uh, in, in, with this question? Uh, I mean, it's a super hard question. Yes. Uh, but, you know, seeing Ovechkin, if Ovechkin takes that uh, goal scoring title, he's on Mount Rushmore. I don't yeah. I don't give a shit what anybody says about any other players. Yeah, your Mount Rushmore crap like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, your Mount Rushmore yeah. is your greatest goal scorer, your greatest point scorer, uh, your greatest goalie, and your greatest defenseman. And so that that's to me, that's your your hockey Mount Rushmore. And uh, you know, having Ovechkin up there would be uh, really, really incredible. Um, lots of franchises have won two cups uh and you know maybe maybe the post ovechkin caps uh figure out a way to to get it done at some point uh you know the, a second cup part of what made that first cup yeah. so special was it was the first cup and as incredible as another cup would be and it would be i mean it would definitely be uh it it's not the first and it wouldn't be the first it wouldn't be as special mm-hmm. um the first so, that a city had won I, that dc had won yeah. right in like since 92 right i mean it, yeah everything about it yeah. um so uh you know uh, gun to my head i think i'd probably take ovechkin passing gretzky um but i i'm very open to either or both happening <laughs> <laughs> That would that would be pretty cool. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna conclude with this. Do you guys think, uh, Adam, you go first? Uh, yes or no? Does Ovechkin? Do you do you think Ovechkin gets it done? I do. Uh, yeah. I do think he'll get there. Um, uh, John. Uh, I I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna find a way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that you know we're at the point now where he's making up a lot of like a ton of ground right now that. I, you know, I think that the debate has shifted because I've always thought that, you know, if he's 
40 goals out or so, you know, and then he's the, the career really starts to slow down a little bit. Then, you know, I, you, you got to think like there, he would spend another couple of years in Washington to kind of chase it, you know, and uh, who knows, you know, maybe because he doesn't seem to miss games or really slow down at all. Maybe he just won't for another five. I obviously, I don't yeah. think that's going to be the case, but you know, I think that, uh, I, I think yeah. <laughs> betting I, I against think... him seems folly. It, well, I mean, yeah, anytime anyone's ever bet against him uh, coming through, uh, you know, he kind of has. So, um, I, you know, the only thing is if uh, the way he's played the game for 15 years starts to catch up with him. And yes. now, there's definitely no indication that that will be the case. Um, I just knocked on wood. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. But man, uh, if he stays healthy, I think he does it yeah. for sure. That's That's just incredible that, you know, we're at the point where... Yeah, because I remember even like two, three years ago, right? There was all the like, well, you know, maybe if every single thing goes right, like just by the skin of his teeth, maybe. And now, right. like you can make a credible argument that, you know, he's on pace to do it, right? And yeah. that's just, that's insane. And so, well, and, yeah. Right. And that's what I, we were talking about earlier, that uh, for the foreseeable future, you know, this is a topic of conversation and it's a chase and it's a pursuit and it's unique to him and uh, it's going to be fun. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It's always right. I mean, right now we're at the point this year where whenever there's an empty net, there's just a lot. And obviously, it's a little more acute in recent days because of the, you know, trying to get to 700. But, you know, you kind of wonder, like for the rest of his career at this point, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure when even there's just stuff like empty nets or, you know, these one goal away from a hat trick or anything like that. You know, there's just it, it, it makes it adds a different dimension to games that I think really in the last, you know, few months I've grown to appreciate and really love. So, uh, yeah, this has been I think this has been a really fun year for Ovechkin. You know, the Capitals themselves maybe are a little bit mixed, but uh, I don't know, guys. This has been a lot of fun. So uh, let's wrap up here. Uh, JP, I think people know where they can find you, but, you know, plug more stuff. Where can people find you? No, please don't find me. Uh, <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, please, please. They can find you on Twitter. Yeah, let me And our be. site. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> you, you've, you've written something I think somewhat recently, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Adam, where can uh, people find you and your work and everything? And my work? Uh, well, no, no, no. Like your your work for this site. Yeah. Oh, calm find down. Adam at work. <laughs> yeah, then drive down to where Adam. Li- no, I'm just kidding. Obviously, yeah. please do not do that. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> you can find me at Stringham A. <laughs> This is obviously the best thing I've done plugging, right? This is my best yeah. job ever. It's no, 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 but uh, yes, that, that, that is how you guys can all find me. There uh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can find me at gregy underscore jr. And uh, thank you for listening to this episode of J Percent Radio. If you uh, like the show, please rate, write, and subscribe. Uh, feel free to uh, mention any one of us by name, uh, you know, and uh, we appreciate all of the reviews that we get. So, uh, you know, keep them coming. Um, the next two weeks, we have some pretty cool guests lined up. Uh, we're going to be, I'm going to be talking with, uh, and I, I think Adam, you're going to be joining me on this one. Hopefully uh, I am going to the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets analytics conference in uh, a day from now. Um, but uh, we're going to be uh, talking to Allison L from uh, the Blue Jackets about the conference a little bit. And uh, talking about the Blue Jackets, who are actually kind of low-key a fascinating team. So uh, stay tuned for that, and uh, thanks for listening.